Hey friends, the views of our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of Let's Talk Menopause. Let's Talk Menopause does not provide medical advice. The content in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions that you may have. Have you ever experienced a panic attack? Can't breathe. Out of control. Spring up out of nowhere. The first time I thought I was having a heart heart attack. attack. Think that I'm getting nauseous and then I like it really hot. Sometimes a hot flash will come along with it. It's awesome. (laughs) Menopause affects women at work. You're like miserable and you feel like you just have to like stick it out. It would feel uncomfortable. You'd rather hide it than just say, hey, I'm having a hot flash. Contributes to like the stigma against hiring women. How do you think menopause affects men at work? I'm not sure that men are aware that it's going on around them. I don't think it takes any energy to be supportive. There needs to be the same dialogue there are about any of the other issues that we talk about. Social justice issues. Why can't this be on the list too? This is Hello Menopause, a podcast where you'll hear real menopause stories from real people. Whispering behind closed doors? Not here. We promise it is not just in your head. And you are not alone. I'm your host, Christine McGinnis. And I'm your other host, Robin Gelfenbein. Let's talk menopause. At the top of today's episode, you heard our Menopause on the Street segment. Now, if you're not familiar, this is where I go out on the streets of New York City and I talk to total strangers about the last topic they would ever expect, menopause. Oh my gosh. I have to say, Robin, I'm a person who has experienced panic attacks and just listening to the descriptors they gave, like you can't breathe. It springs out of nowhere. It feels like you're having a heart attack. You get nauseous. As I listened to that, I felt my own anxiety rise because those are terrible feelings, and they really, really nailed it, I think. Yes, they did. People wanted to talk about panic attacks more than anything else. Really? It was very relatable. There is often a connection between panic and a hot flash, and it's sort of the chicken and the egg, which comes first. Do you... Mm. You know, you start to feel hot and then you you feel panicky about it or does your heart start to race and mm-hmm. that feeling is so uncomfortable that causes you to panic. Mm. But it so often happens with women in menopause that they experience simultaneous panic along with hot flashes. That sounds awful. It's got to be so scary. Because yeah. if you've never experienced one also and then all of these things are happening at once, it's got to be so overwhelming. Right. I know a lot of women who will just just kind of race out into the backyard to cool off, to get cooler air, but it's, I think a part of it is this need to not be contained, Mm -hmm. uh, that you just have to go somewhere to catch your breath. I know sometimes I would, I would literally open my freezer and kind of like throw myself as much as my body would fit in. Oh my gosh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I really would. (laughs) And I would kind of like rest my head against frozen peas, like whatever. Oh my God. Whatever I could find. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I really appreciated what the guy said at the end about the fact that it doesn't take any more energy to be more supportive and like we should add this to the list of other things that we're already having to be cognizant of in the workplace. So I just, I really applauded his response because he's like social justice issues. Like, why can't this be on the list too? Like it was to him like such a no brainer and I absolutely agree with him. It should be. Right. Yeah. No, I, I thought, like, I want to give that man a hug. The minute I heard it, I was like, oh, hug that man. Yeah, I know. I wish I could have, but, you know, 
I can only cross a certain line with these strangers. <laughs> but no, I didn't hug them. I did take note, though, like when people were, uh, I think I heard one, maybe two women talking about menopause in the workplace. And it's the women who are saying, you're miserable, but you feel like you have to stick it out. You don't want to talk to your colleagues about it. It's yeah. almost as if there's this unspoken covenant that women say, don't make a fuss about me, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And what I find interesting about that man's response was, I actually think men would be supportive. Mm -hmm. I find right now they can't be supportive of what's been invisible. Mm. I honestly, in my heart of hearts, don't believe that men have a plan to not address women's health. Most men. I just think it's become the norm, and the, that's why we want to talk about it and shine a light on it, take off the invisibility cloak and say, this is what we're experiencing. Without further ado, let's get into our conversation with our guest for today. We are beyond grateful to speak to award-winning journalist, New York City news anchor, breast cancer prevention advocate, podcaster, and celebrated author, Tamsin Fidel. Tamsin turned 50 last year and realized she was not done living and achieving yet. In fact, she feels more excited and bolder than ever before. She launched her weekly podcast, Coming Up Next, in which she speaks with people about how to approach the next stage of your life by unlocking the bold. Here is our conversation with the incredible Tamsin Fidel. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tamsin. We are so excited to have you here. You are a 13-time Emmy Award winner, a trailblazer, an advocate, a true inspiration, and so much more. For people who don't know you, please tell us about yourself. Yeah, of course. Well, uh, I'm a New Yorker through and through. I uh, anchor the evening news here for WPIX-TV. I've uh, written a few books, self-help books about uh, dating, divorce, and uh, looks like menopause is probably going to be the next one on the list or something like that. And, um, you know, I am I'm married uh, recently, uh, 50 years old. <laughs> so that's exciting. And um, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm here to support women and champion women. And that's really what I've learned as a journalist. You know, I've told a lot of stories. I, I uh, love what I do. And I think that's how we connect. And that's how we learn. And that's why, you know, that's my superpower, I guess. And <laughs> so I really do um, encourage women to share their stories with me. So that's why I, I certainly love what you're doing in terms of storytelling, because that's how I, that's what I think brings us all closer together. Agreed. Absolutely. We're going to talk a little bit more about storytelling a little bit later, but wanted to start out with your menopause story. You had such a unique introduction to it. Can you tell us about it? Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know I was being introduced to it at the time. And somebody that asked questions <laughs> constantly, I would, I would think I had asked more questions at this point, but I didn't. Uh, you know, I had uh, endometrium polyps. And so I had uh, all kinds of bleeding for years and years and, and a couple of different um, procedures to take them out. And um, and so whether I had my period or didn't have my period, I never knew because the bleeding was not period bleeding. So I was never looking at menopause as being a, a cause of anything I was dealing with. So it was about two years ago and I was, it was just like another normal night on, on air and it was coming around 1030. And I know that because I do a business report on the air at 1035 every night. And that's how we kind of know it's the end of the show. And so we were going into the uh, 1030 hour. And I remember looking at the prompter and I had been having some problems like, um, 
seeing words, but not being able to pronounce them anymore. You know, like I looked at the word, I knew I knew the word, but I couldn't. And I'm like, is it, am I having like some kind of brain problem? Like, am I, is it, is it lack of sleep? My sleep was like wonky at that point, but, but I'm always stressed out. So I'm like, ah, it's stress. And, um, you know, it happened just often enough that was getting me concerned. So I looked at the prompter and I remember the words I was like, well, I don't, I don't even know what those say. And I got hot, not hot flash hot, like overheated, like you're going to pass out hot. Anxiety where my heart was racing out of my chest. And it's funny, people say, do you still get nervous on TV? And I don't really. And so I knew that that wasn't it. It wasn't that I was getting nervous in the middle of a newscast. And I thought like something is really, really like I'm too heightened that I'm going to collapse or fall over or something. And I said, jokingly, because I didn't know what really was going on. Hey, if I fall over, somebody catch me. We sit on these, um, chairs that have wheels on them, you know, so they're a little bit higher than the desk. And uh, my, one of my colleagues, the sports anchor said, wait, are you being serious? I think you need to get off the set. And so luckily he had kind of the foresight to say, hey, it's not a joke and don't try to keep being cool. And he walked me um, off the set and I, I literally went to the bathroom and collapsed on the floor and I like, had my cheek laying on the, like I had no idea what was going on. And the anxiety was just an overwhelming, I've never had that before. And they got me to a car um, after like, 20, 30 minutes of laying there. I never finished out the show. And I went home and I, I was in bed all weekend long. It was just off like this anxiety. And every time I would get up to try to deal with it, I was like hot and anxious. And I thought like something is going on. And I went to the doctor and they put me on antidepressants. I said, well, maybe that was a, just a panic attack you were having, or maybe and I said, but that's not, that's not what this was. This was a, this was something else. Again, I was bleeding all the time. So I had not had, I guess, a real period, but I did have that problem with polyps. You know, you can just randomly, it can go on for, for quite a while. Um, and I finally, I went to like three or four different doctors. I went to my gynecologist. I went to, um, somebody else that was recommended. And then I went to an endocrinologist and she started in on my blood panel and my blood panel showed that I was in, in menopause at that point. You've given us so much to consider. I love every single word of what you just said, but I think there's a lot to unpack. If you don't mind, I'm going to go back a little bit to the bathroom. When you're lying in the bathroom there for 30 minutes, what what were you thinking or feeling? Well, first I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is, I'm in a dress, like a sheath dress laying on the floor oh, with two oh, men no. standing over me. And they were so oh, respectful. They They're like, you. can we oh, come God. in? Well, because they oh. were worried. Like one of them said, I thought you were, I, it's funny. I talked to him about, you know, we've been in the pandemic. And so we've, we're all kind of, we've been separated for a long time at work. And he said to me, uh, I thought you were having a heart attack. Oh. I didn't know what was going on. And it really it made me scared because you were nauseous and you were hot and you were, and you had all these symptoms and you didn't know what was happening. And he goes, and you were, it was just kind of scary. And you're so, uh, you know, you wouldn't have done that if it wasn't something serious, right? Like you work through things, you just move through things. I'll be honest, what really scared me more than the, those physical things were what was happening with reading you know, with reading scripts and stuff, because I, I've done that job for decades. And, uh, if I don't know a word, that's one thing. If I know a word and it doesn't come out of my mouth, like, you know, am I having a stroke? Am I, do I have a brain yeah. tumor? You know, is it early onset of dementia? Like all those things are real things, you know, and they're not ha ha funnies. They're real things. Yeah. And, um, I was scared. What I, what I have found really interesting is I, about two months ago, I went on TikTok because I was just kind of exploring what that was. And I started talking a little bit about symptoms. And I had a video that just hit in like six weeks, one million views. Wow. 
I wasn't dancing. I wasn't singing. I wasn't <laughs> doing a trend. I was not standing on my head. I was fully clothed. <laughs> yeah, what was the topic? It was 34 symptoms of menopause. That's it. And I just listed them. And yeah. um, it makes me get choked up because the women that responded, responded so genuinely and like so upset, like, and, and so confused. And that was how I felt when I was laying there and the subsequent months after that. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I want to help all of you. So, I, you know, I had like 3000 comments and I've been trying to get to all of them because I feel like there are a lot of people that don't have the answers or the access to the answers or the access to the questions. And so that as somebody that comes from storytelling and asking questions really motivated me to be serious about helping provide connection. I don't have all the answers. I'm not a doctor, but I do know that I can connect people. And that's what I'm trying to do. Connect them with information. You may not be a doctor, but you're a TikToker at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh my gosh, am I supposed to be TikToking at 51? <laughs> but it really just shows the absolute need for this information. And so kudos to you for what you're doing because yeah, let's talk about menopause. Yes. And, um, and when we don't, I think that's just, we're hurting the next generation that's coming up behind us. Yeah. I love how you talk about the 34 symptoms. And I'm very sorry you had that issue with the teleprompter, but in a way hearing it makes me feel so much better because I, I was always been an avid reader. And I would find I could not follow the text along in a book as well. It makes you feel like you're losing your mind. And I remember going to my doctor and I said, I, and I've, I've read now that many women in perimenopause feel this too. I went and I said, I think I have early onset dementia. Something has happened to my brain and menopause is more than hot flashes. I'm just so happy to be sharing this with other people so that when it happens to them, they could say, oh, wait, <laughs> this could be that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have been following you on Instagram for a while, so I saw that um, 34 Symptoms video that you had done originally. And the thing that just blew my mind was the idea of this symptom that is a burning tongue. I was I like, what? Can you describe, like, have you experienced that? I, you know what? I, I think I did. Like I've, I've had it before. I've had it where I thought I was having an allergic reaction, though, to something. Mm. But the things that people are describing to me, that was a reason I went looking for that. But, you know, I do know there were a couple of times that I would eat something and my everything would swell up inside. But I thought, oh, I must be allergic to something I ate. And then it goes away. But a lot of the people that I've talked to since, my new TikTok friends, have explained <laughs> to me that like, it, is, it is something that happens a lot more often. So it's happened to me, I think, but I, what they're explaining is a lot worse than what I, you know, that, I, that I've gone through, or maybe there's varying degrees of it. But when I hear these things, you know, look, when you hear them over and over and over and over again, there's definitely something there, right? <laughs> it's not just three times. Absolutely. Don't you think there's a power, though? And having a name to call something. So you don't feel like these sure. 11 mysterious things are happening. But when you can say these are all symptoms of menopause, it, it takes the panic out of it. Of course. You say, oh, that's what it is. And then it's less scary. Because otherwise we're looking at the things we know. Listen, when I lost my mom uh, at such a young age, I, you know, I think I, I was cognizant of one thing only in my life was breast cancer. That was it. 
that was it. I was like breast cancer. That's it. That, that, that's been the, I've been the, a champion for, uh, educating people for research, for cure, for, you know, I'm, I've, I'm a part of so many different breast cancer organizations. That's where I donate my money. It's been my focus, but I realized that that is all under the umbrella of women's health. And this is another part of that, that really needs that, you know, some of that focus. So, um, I, that was all I ever looked at. That was all I ever worried about. I didn't worry about menopause and, or any of the other things that come along with it. It wasn't in my vocabulary even to do. Mm-hmm. So right. I'm, I'm happy it is, and it, but I would like to see it like breast cancer at 44 years old, at 45 years old, we say, you know, let's go get a, and I know there's a number of organizations that are out there that are, that are working to do this, but we say at a certain age, this is what you have to start looking for. But, you know, if somebody goes into an early onset um, menopause or they have uh, something going on, are, are their daughters going to go 10 years earlier? Like there's no uh, system, there's no calendar. There's no anything rules for us to follow. And I think that that's what I I would like to see happen just for awareness. Right. Like just having more of a dialogue about it versus we all know, like a lot of doctors are not informed on this. And so it's really been the patient's responsibility to go to the doctor. But going back to your doctor for a minute, I read that on a flight when you were 48, you got this message from your doctor's office portal. And all it said was, <laughs> in menopause. In menopause. Any questions? Yeah. <laughs> that was my that was my gyno. Yeah. In menopause, any questions? I was uh with a I've been with these gynecologists and they're wonderful. They they got me through a lot. They helped me with the, you know, the endometrium polyps that I've been dealing with. They, you know, uh, one of them did the surgery two times. And uh, but yeah, I got that when I was uh, I think I was coming back from Tampa, if I'm not mistaken. I said, Oh my God, like <laughs> I really am. In menopause, uh, I went to the endocrinologist through them. Everyone's connected, you know, and my blood tests are done. And I said, what does that even mean? And then I saw, and I can't remember, it's like the follicle levels or whatever it is. Whatever it was, mine was like gone or double, whatever it was. It was just the wrong number. And uh, I said, oh my gosh, like what? what's happening? But it let me know what was happening. And that was a good thing. And it's um, it's funny because a lot of the people I've heard from have never had their panel done. I don't know if that's the only way you find out or not, or if that's the best way you find out or not. But uh, why aren't we doing that? Why are we waiting till you know, something really happens where you can't read anymore, or you do feel like you're going to have a heart attack, or you just feel like you're going crazy to you know, to for it get to be so desperate that you're going in there with a thousand symptoms. Like, why don't, why didn't they give me that at 45, right? When I did my mammogram and say, let's see where you are. Why aren't there posters and pamphlets and a doctor at 45 checking in to say, hey, pretty soon you might be experiencing X, Y, Z and be prepared for these changes. Why do you think that is, Tamsin? Why are people so shushed about this? You know, it's funny. I was trying to figure that out myself. I um, I guess the truth is, is that it goes back to that intersection I'm talking about of where we are, right? And nobody wants to be unsexy. Nobody wants to be irrelevant. Nobody wants to feel like they're invisible. And those are all the awful words that are used when you kind of hit this midlife place. And I think that menopause is the mark of that, right? That maybe you're no longer sexy because you are not able to have children, or maybe you're no longer sexy because you're 48 and 50 years old and you're at, you know, this midlife. And that's the only thing I can think, you know, and, and that, that brings us to a whole other issue of ageism and, and an issue of, um, not being able to be proud of who we are and where we are and what we're doing. I, I uh, posted a video, I mean, a video, a, a picture on Instagram and, 
then one guy wrote, look in your age. That's what he wrote. Oh. Look in your age. No. And so, or looking older. And I was like, what? In wow. the but that's the reason. Wow. That's the reason that we don't talk about it. That's the reason that we hide, uh, you know, how old we are up until recently. That's the reason that this is probably a really hush-hush thing. Tamson, I know you've been talking to a lot of people about menopause in the workplace, and it's it's somewhere where let's talk menopause, we would like to focus. Like, what, what have you been hearing from women about what it's like to be going through perimenopause at work? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, look, for the ones that know that's what they're going through, kudos to them, first of all, because uh, I didn't know the word perimenopause until, you know, a year year and a half ago. Um, but it's not easy, right? Again, it is this intersection of having to admit that there's something else going on. And so I, I found myself anyway, and even still do sometimes, like, sitting in a meeting, all of a sudden I get the hot flash and I would like to take my clothes off. I mean, I work in a, I work in an environment where I am so grateful and I have a a female news director and I have, you know, and my station is very supportive of me talking about this. So I talk openly about this now. And so I'll be in the studio and say like, I think I'm having a hot flash. Not everybody loves (laughs) it, but you know, it's accepted and yeah. I'm doing it and I'm continuing to do it. And um, and they're supportive of it and I am grateful, but I don't think everybody works in a place like that. And I don't think everybody works in a place where you can have that conversation or have that um, feeling to be able to do that. And I've talked to a lot of women that say they, they sit there and they they try to hide it or leave the workplace altogether because yeah. they can't handle it. You know, I mean, if yep. we're talking about reading and having a hard time focusing and concentrating and you've got a project due or you've got a, you know, I don't know, you're doing accounting and you have to deal with numbers or, you know, you're in an environment that's a fast-paced environment and some days you don't get any sleep, so you're walking into work with literally two hours of sleep and can't function. You know, I know friends of mine that have left the workforce at this age saying, I'm looking for my next chapter, but in part, some of that is simply because it was too much. It was too much altogether. Yeah, and the fact that you were helped by when you did have that, you know, overwhelming anxiety and you went into the bathroom, and you were helped by two men that day. And I was wondering, like, why is it important for men to know about the menopause transition as well? Well, I mean, you know, I, look, I don't know that they could have said, like, maybe you're going through menopause or that they would have, you know, right, that, right in the workplace nowadays. Of course. I don't know yeah. if they would have said that to me. But I think it's important to, because, first of all, he said exactly that. I thought you were having a heart attack. He knew mm-hmm. somewhere in there that women of a certain age, if we want to use that, are prone to heart attacks and have statistically have heart attacks, you know, at, at, at certain ages. And that was in his mind for whatever reason. And he, and when he told me that, I said, I didn't know you thought that. He said, yeah, he goes, that's what I thought. And that's why I kept saying like, should we call 911? And mm. I said, you said that? He goes, yeah, <sighs> I didn't remember any of that. Like I was mm. literally, my cheek was on the tile. And so um, if he had in his brain Maybe I'll tell her offline with her later, but maybe it's not so serious or maybe it's this instead of that. He proves the point, right? That it's not out there as a normalized conversation. But you're doing a really great service, I think, for the people you're working with and obviously for your viewers as well, because they see you you experience it. They see you being so vocal about it and then really reducing the shame around it. Thank you. I I hope so. I, I try to do it as loud as I can. And, you know, I want to talk to women about this age, too, because it's, um, you know, I, I never thought I'd be aging in front of the camera. I thought at some point I'd be doing something else. And the fact that you look around and people are my age on television and uh, it's a really cool thing to see. Yeah. 
Tamsin, I have to ask because there are a lot of myths and misconceptions and fears about HRT, hormone replacement therapy. And I think that's especially true if breast cancer is in your family. Was that a fear for you? Yeah, a a big one. So I uh, was with those gynecologists and the endocrinologist that did the blood panel. And then I uh, started looking around for other doctors. I think I said that earlier, but I found two. I went to one and I liked her, but then it just didn't worked out. And so I found another one. It was a midlife practitioner. And uh, we sat down and talked and I said, I'd really, I I need to figure something out because I'm like, I can't sleep. I'm about to lose it. I'm gaining weight. I'm feeling awful. My confidence level is crap right now. Like I I didn't even want to get on the air. It was like the camera would come on and I would want to duck out of the way of the camera, literally. And that's my job. (laughs) I was like, can we cover the lens just for this part? Um, And she said, well, what about, what about hormones? And I said, oh, no, 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 no. My mother had breast cancer. I can't do that. And she said, well, we just have to see what your risk is. And um, she actually calculated my risk from a bunch of different things. My age, my mom's age, the uh, uh, when I got my period. What she, I don't even know what she did. Uh, but she did She did a lot, and, she, and we sat down and talked. And she said, look, we can start like at a very low dose. We can start as what is perceived as naturally as possible. And... Um, and do bioidentical, and you would do an estrogen, and you would do a progesterone at night, and see how that works and how that feels. So I started, and then I then I went off because I got scared. Mm. I don't even know why. I just like one day I was putting that patch on, yeah, and I'm like, oh hell no, I'm not doing this anymore. Like no, I'm gonna just do it on my own. Then I wound up running around again because I have to do my research, and I found somebody that said, oh, I can give you a testosterone shot, mm. and you will feel better if you do that. And so I said, okay, that, yes, anything. Anything make me feel better. And that's what that's where I don't want people to get, right? With that, anything to make me feel mm. better. Because then you do something desperate and doesn't, you know, not that that's desperate, but for me at that time, I was just like, put anything in me, do anything that makes sense. <laughs> I knew, I thought estrogen bad, testosterone sounds good. So I did that and that made me highly agitated and it was just too, it was too much for me all at once. It was a shot. It was too much. It was too much. And so I stopped that and then I went back to the midlife practitioner and I was like, confession, I went off the estrogen um, and the progesterone and I'm, I'm just scared. I'm scared that I don't want to do, I don't want what happened to my mother to happen to me. She's like, let's sit down and talk about this. So we really, we had a conversation. I'd been doing my own research at the time. And so I went back on it. And I've now been on it. I don't know how many months I need to look, but I've been on it for a considerable amount of time and have noticed a considerable difference. I've noticed a difference in my weight uh, in just terms of like feeling different about my body. I mean, my body was totally not mine. Like I just felt, everything just felt off. Right. And then the hot flashes, they still happen. I have to be honest, but, but not as much. Like if I say 90% fixed, okay. And uh, the brain fog, so much better. And still have it, but not like it was before. Mm -hmm. And um, sleeping is still a struggle for me, to be honest. Sleeping is still a struggle for me. But I do feel like I'm much better than I was before because I wasn't, I was having a tough time. Yeah. Right. Well, in like just reading up about you, I've, I've thought this is somebody who's really adroit at handling transitions. Like you lost your mother too young and you still became a success in your industry. You experienced a public divorce and you came out of it an an author of books that helped other people going through that experience. And then menopause just seemed to like (laughs) punch you right in front of everybody. What's next? 
And right, right. But I think what I've noticed is, and what I really admire about you is you can fall to your knees and tell people you fell to your knees and then you show us how to rise. Thank you. You might want to cry. Yeah, no, but it's, I was really struck by it. It kind of made me think, I don't know if you are familiar with like Glennon Doyle who wrote Untamed, but she has the podcast, uh, We Can Do Hard Things. And the, just the title of that podcast has helped me so much in life saying you can do mm. harder things than you think you can. But what I love about how you handle things is like you practice this full radical acceptance. You say, this happened. This is where I am and I'm not going to deny the circumstances. What next? Like, Yeah, now what? <laughs> now what? Now what? And I'm a big fan of that. And I could just see that in you. And what I really love, Thank especially you. the retired teacher in me, is this, and I'll help teach people. I'll share my story. So I cannot thank you enough for that. But what what's your secret? How how do you do that? I don't know. I don't <laughs> I don't know. I never I never put all those things together like that. But thank you. Uh, You're welcome. I You can do hard know. things, Tamson. <laughs> thank you. I'd like there to be no more. <laughs> can they stop soon? <laughs> I've had my your share. next TikTok should just be like, I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to beat me down. That's like your theme song for life. That'll be my first dance. <laughs> yes. And you're like, give me a pen. I want to write a book. Yeah. Let me. Exactly. <laughs> I, um, I don't know. You know, I, I feel like nothing was ever as hard as losing my mother, you know? And so I always feel like, oh, you don't get to, you don't get to lay there and pity yourself, girl, get up. And I think that again, the storytelling part of me, that's all I know how to do. You know, really that's what I know how to do. And that's what I've learned from. And that's what I see Mm -hmm. people learn from. And I see that those are the things that connect us all, all the time. And I was telling stories before being a storyteller was a, like a word, you know? And so I, I feel that's where my comfort zone is. All right. So Tamson, I always, I'm the oldest of three girls and I always say I'm the oldest, the boldest and the coldest, not because of my personality. I'm just cold all the time. I completely agree with you about living boldly. And I know you obviously feel the same way. And you created this whole platform called Unlocking the Bold. And I wanted to know, like, what does that mean to you? And can you tell our listeners what this whole platform is and how useful it is? Yeah. You know, I, um, that kind of happened accidentally. Uh, I kept <laughs> like all great things, <laughs> like all things do. Right. I, you know, I kept trying to figure out what was happening and, and who the stories are of people that went from a fear or a time in their lives of transition where they didn't know what to do next. And they walked through this door and got to the other side somehow. And I, I was, I was always looking for this nugget, like, well, what was that exact moment? What was that exact moment when that happened? Was it, you got an email? Was it, you got all this confidence? Was it, you went on your hormones, you got things back. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Oh, that wasn't it. But I said, what was that moment that really changed things for you? Whether it was divorce, aging, empty nest, you know, dreams shattered. What was it? And I just kept seeing this thing like, oh, they unlocked something, something, something. And I said, oh, it wasn't that they didn't have fear because that was where I started. I was starting like, oh, they're fearless. Everyone's fearless. I'm like, they're not fearless. They're scared to death, just like I am but they're bold. And so they're unlocking that bold that's already deep down inside of them. We had it when we were young, right? We were, we were, we didn't care what we were as bold as could be. And I said, they would unlock that and get to that other side. And that was the cool thing for me. And so that's where that kind of came from. Hmm. Why do you think women lose their ability to be bold over time? Like in that little sandwich time? 
oh gosh, you know, we learn more, right? We learn more. We're, we're scared to jump without nets. We fear that other side, like what if, what if, what if is such a scary thing, you know? And we analyze, we overanalyze all those things. Mm-hmm. We didn't do that when we were 20 years old. I didn't analyze anything. I was like, I'm packing up my car. I'm driving to West Virginia and I'm going to be on TV and I'm going to make, <laughs> you know, $12,000 a year. And that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I did. And I didn't care where, I didn't, wasn't thinking like, where am I going to go next? I was thinking, or where am I going to go in five years? I was like, where am I going next? Next job. Right. Resume tape done. Right. Next job. You know, driving my car. Rent, my $250 rent above a furniture store. Didn't care. Slept on a futon. You know, like, I wasn't like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that or not. I'm scared. I wasn't scared. I was bold. And I think that we learn a lot and we kind of, you know, talk ourselves out of being anything but very practical and very Mm -hmm. smart about it and make good decisions. And, you know, that's the girl thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I I always uh, harken back to the book, um, Why Good Girls Don't Get Ahead But Gutsy Girls Mm Do. You know, that book was pivotal for for me way back in the day. And uh, that was a book that I really felt like, wow, that's right, gutsy. And now I think the word is bold. And so that's yeah. that's what I look at. That's great. Speaking of books, I've heard you talk about uh, that you were really influenced by Kamali's I Am Invincible. Yeah, absolutely. I have it right over here. <laughs> oh, great. So I think power comes from aging, and I really believe that. So what do you think are the gifts of aging? Well, I mean, it's the same gift that, you know, sometimes we use to stop ourselves, but knowing more, right? Um, knowing that we don't have a lot of time, on, you know, left even if we have 50 more years at 50 years old, wow, that's not enough time. So I think that that gift of of knowing that you need to to do what you want to do now and move, be moving, because I think the way out of fear is movement. And I think that I've learned that. I think as I get older, I have learned that less is more, that I need to declutter life a little bit, right? My divorce certainly taught me that. I think that experience, life experience, you know, is is what I, I love. And it's taught me how to stop comparing myself to other people. It's taught me how to, uh, you know, be honest with what my goals are, not to fill up my day just being busy so I can say I did something today and, you know, live my someday today. Mm-hmm. I've heard from people when we talk about, especially in my friend group, about what the gifts of aging are. And a lot of people say, and I don't know if I can say this without cursing, but I may just have to curse. They just say, I don't give as many fucks. A hundred percent. Right? You know, and it might be wisdom or you just fight less battles. You just say, no, not for me. Yeah. I think you just have been down those roads before, right? Yes. And then I, I always think this too. So when I go back every once in a while and I think like, what did I give a crap about a year ago? I don't even remember today. And so today I'm like, what do I give a crap about right now? And is it going to matter? And I do three month increments. Is it going to matter in 90 days? If it's going to make a difference in 90 days, then I will give you all of my exhaustive attention. And if it's not, (laughs) I don't care. That's a great philosophy. That's super useful. It is good. And I also like the less is more, which obviously we we hear a lot, but it reminds me of your wonderful podcast called Coming Up Next, which, by the way, brilliant name, given the line of work that you do. and (laughs) Given that I say it a hundred times a day. Yeah, totally. It's probably, (laughs) maybe you've said it more than you've even said your own name at this point. But I wanted to, um, I love the Martha Beck episode. She talked so much about like getting rid of things that aren't working for you. And so I wanted to- How great is she, right? Oh my God. I was like, truth bombs left and right. I just- I, I rewound stuff because I was like, this is really yes. powerful what she's sharing. And so I wanted to encourage our listeners to listen to your podcast. And besides TikTok, there's a lot of other places where our listeners can find you so they can learn about the menopause documentary and so much more. So where can people follow you? 
I have TamsonFidel.com and then there's links to everything, but I've been trying to just uh, create some more content out there that, that I'm passionate about. And so YouTube is one of the locations, Tamson Fidel TV on YouTube. And then there's TikTok, Tamson Fidel. So anywhere, Tamson Fidel. Thank you so much for talking to us today, for enriching our lives, for helping our listeners really understand your story and like how they can really be empowered to do a lot as they're going through this transition. So it was really fun talking to you. It was great, Tamsin. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for such a meaningful conversation. Wow. I love talking to Tamsin. She is just this wealth of information. I'm so grateful that she has this journalism background because she's done all this research. The fact that she wants to share stories. I feel like she's just this incredible force for good and force for change. And I, I feel like really honored that we got to chat with her. Yeah, I agree. And I le- I love that she's so aligned with us in, in recognizing the power of telling stories. When you hear different women's experiences that there's this tremendous sense of you're not alone, there are others, and and you can get through it together. It just makes the journey better. It's wonderful how she's just using all of these platforms and really, and like the fact that she's like, I'm having a hot flash at work. Like just like owning all of it is really, really inspiring. Yeah. And I know she's a journalist, but I couldn't help think like, oh, she was made to be a teacher. Mm. She's the perfect person to to spread the word mm-hmm. about this. Yeah. Well, I think she really sees that as like her purpose to some extent too, you know? I mean, she's done that for breast cancer. And I think she has so much empathy for going through hard things, yes. like you said, like with Glennon Doyle, mm-hmm. like we can do hard things and just really being able to like take it in and figure out like, what are the steps I need to take to, yes. to yeah. you know, turn things around. Right. And I know in her message about, you know, finding your bold, it's a message that women need to hear. And I, I feel that I have trouble finding my bold because I think I was raised to be mm-hmm. a people pleaser, to keep people happy. And then as women, you know, we work with our colleagues, we have marriages, we have children, and we're juggling a lot of things. And then as we age and hit menopause, we also are dealing with our aging parents. And so I think it's a very good thing to be reminded to consider your bold, to refine your bold. And I think that's unlock. one of the best things. Mm-hmm. Un- unlock, right. I think it's it's one of the best gifts of having gone through menopause is you get a chance to catch your breath and look at that again. Who am I meant to be? Where am I going in this last part of my life? Like, I, I love that message. I do too, because I don't think it's one we hear often enough. And I think it's associated with like young people and taking risks. And it's it's like, no, it doesn't matter how old you are. Anyway, I think our listeners will get so much out of this. I, I can't even like pinpoint yeah. one thing because I think there's just, yeah. there's so many takeaways and absolutely follow her on all the socials. Two words, loved her. Ditto. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We hope you get as much out of it as we did, if not more, and we will see you next time. Hey, listeners, if you enjoy this podcast as much as we enjoy recording it, we'd love it if you could help us out. All you have to do is rate and review the show, and it will help us reach more listeners. It only takes a minute, and it makes a huge difference. It really does. And if you want to follow the show while you're at it, we won't mind. (laughs) No, we won't. And don't forget to tell your friends to check it out too. Our mission at Let's Talk Menopause is to give people the information they need so they can get the health care they deserve. Please visit our website at letstalkmenopause.org for a wealth of menopause information, including a symptoms checklist, information about long-term health risks, 
how to navigate menopause at work, interviews with health experts, and so much more. This episode of Hello Menopause is sponsored by Always Discreet, makers of liners, pads, and underwear for bladder leaks. Always Discreet, because we deserve better. And by the support of Estellis, on the forefront of healthcare change. Hello Menopause is a production from Let's Talk Menopause made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Christine McGinnis. And I'm your host, Robin Gelfenbein. Ina Garkusha is our supervising producer and Alana Herlins is our producer. Laura Boyman and Catherine Devine are our associate producers. Sydney Evans is our dialogue editor and Claire Bidegary-Curtis is our sound designer. Hello Menopause was concepted by Jessica Olivier, Jill Pachesnik, and Becca Godwin. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. So check it out.